You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> yes. All right. This next message is from another Lauda. Fleur. Fleur. We love to get your notes, Fleur. All right. So this is titled Episode 7 Snackisode and Ep 8 Recap. Ooh. So I know we're in for a bunch of details here. All right. Under Episode 7 Snackisode, she writes, that Barcelona apartment is definitely going on my life goals list. Woo! That's the one that's on the Airbnb. No, yes. She continues, thanks for saying when it was built, I was trying to place it during the show and now it all makes sense because it was giving me neoclassical plus traditional Spanish Moorish architecture vibes and that fits. Absolutely. She adds, underneath that, I also wish we'd gotten more Dark Eve. Specifically, what she thinks about killing Raymond. Oh my God. Uh, Whatever. I'll save my rant till I'm done reading this. But she continues, my guess at this point is that we haven't seen Eve react to killing Raymond because she really doesn't care that she did it and she doesn't even think about it. Woo. And that is pretty damn dark. And parentheses and hilarious, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm not in Twitter fandom, but I can vouch for Tumblr fandom. It's much less crazy. And there is lots of great analysis and art and gift sets. And did I mention that it's much less crazy? <laughs> I'm with you on Killing Eve releasing way too many spoilers this season. Entire seasons released early, plus all of the leaks. I hate it, to be honest. The show is so short already that all of the spoilers feel like there's hardly anything left by the time the episodes air. Yes, Fleur! Oh, my God. That was absolutely the sentiment last year. Mm-hmm. And she finishes in all caps. Yes. Show us Fiona talking about directing operas. Yes. Yes. Fiona Shaw. I know it's a panini, but I think you can have a podcast. Just um, hit us up, please, Miss Shaw. Okay. And then Flora writes for the episode eight recap. Hashtag justice for Mo. Justice UK for 21. Mo. Whatever. Thanks for writing that. For Terrence. <laughs> Fleur. <laughs> she continues. If Dasha did die, she died just as she told Villanelle she would with her hand held and her feet up. <laughs> yes. And she continues, yes to an E flashback episode next season. We deserve it. God, we do deserve it, but we will do. we get it? There's not enough time. And she continues, regarding Eve having absolutely zero chill, this post on Tumblr made me LOL. Let me click said post on Tumblr. This post is from Fleabagged, and they're answering an anonymous question that says, do you think Carolyn is under the impression Eve and Villanelle have already fucked? And the answer says, I think Carolyn will know exactly when Eve has gotten laid based on her comment the fuck down for like two seconds <laughs> yes uh thank you for setting this tumblr reblog because that shit is fucking accurate she continues amsterdam has to come back eve still doesn't know about the postcard that carolyn stole and i am still not over that i guess thank you for the two of us up. we are there i'm not sure if this makes sense or not but i think that villanelle could dance with rianne because she could as part of her confident villanelle persona but in situations where she feels more uncomfortable and vulnerable and her villanelle mask isn't working she can't i would guess that there are a lot of things that v can do that Exana can't interesting interesting psychological so not exactly down to skill but down to psychological confidence which actually makes a lot of sense she continues i'm so glad you think constantine was lying i do not buy a story at all i do not oh a constantine is nothing but a liar i I'm can a... explain no no uh, we don't need you to explain we need you to go i'm a bit bothered by eve saying help me make it stop to villanelle on the bridge scene i took it as meaning the craziness that her life had become and her lack of self-control but i read a quote from the director who said that eve was talking about villanelle specifically help her stop her obsession with villanelle 
And I do not like that in all caps. Neither do I, Flair. Mm -mm. Neither do I. Mm -mm. She continues, I don't like it in either case, to be honest, because we want more dark Eve, not Eve trying to go back to, quote, normal. But I especially don't like her wanting to separate from Villanelle. I don't care what the director says. I am with you. Agreed. Also agree that there had better not be a time jump when season four starts. Yes, we absolutely need to see what happens next. Yep, we are on the same page there. She continues, we need more Dark Eve, and I really hope that they keep moving forward with the ship and make things explicit. They, look, it's homophobia (laughs) at this point if they don't make it explicit. I'm still a bit afraid that they'll go backwards or keep things vague enough that the relationship can be denied. (laughs) Again, I will... I, you guys will hear me reiterate this time and time again if anyone from the BBC hears this just so you guys have a heads up about where your show will go. If you do not want to go the Game of Thrones route, you better not end this bullshit on some queer-baiting nonsense in which the two women, the two ladies who've had this palpable tension, this lust that you could fucking taste basically through the screen, if they do not consummate, like I said, it's homophobia, it should be illegal. And I'm going to write several angry letters to both HBO and the BBC. And HBO is going to be like, how do we get in this? We're just a distributor. And I'm like, you in this. You in this. Because I've decided. You're in this. You're Eric, Gentleman, Jack. I'm just writing letters to everyone, everyone, about how we have been betrayed. And I Hoodwinked, bamboozled, that's true. lied to, led astray. Sadly, I'll be updating the Wikipedia definition for queer baiting and re-adding Eve No, you just, add, you just add a picture of Killing Eve. Yep, you don't even yep. have to update it. Just here is the citation. There it is. All right. A little personal note here for us and Fleur. But otherwise, I think that's all the Killing Eve relevant stuff she mentioned. Thank you again, Fleur, for sending us your thoughts. Um, I agree. I agree with all the things. <laughs> yes. I, I agree with all the things. I really do. It's, I just... I don't want to see the me that I become if even Villanelle don't smash before the series is done. I don't. Like, that That woman, that woman is aggro. That woman is going to do a lot of yelling. That woman is going to be scarred. And I just don't know how far I'm going to go to let the BBC know how upset I am. But it's it's going to be something to behold, y'all. I'll tell you that. Like, I want to hold all of these truths. And I'm trying to imagine which one of these things I can live without and still call Series 4 to be, like, a blockbuster of, uh, you know, an end wrap like which loose ends am i okay with living with on the table amsterdam i really do want an answer for amsterdam but i feel like i'm not gonna get it and i I, i'm wrestling still during this hiatus to see whether or not i will i don't give a damn about amsterdam you can be caught up on that shit if you want it's about the smash i really don't give a fuck like I, i amsterdam can come or go just like eve's parents who knows i don't care there's not enough time i mean i care but i don't i care about the smash so you can wax poetic if you want to about whether or not the postcard will come out but if the postcard comes out and there's no smash it won't matter about the postcard i'm just telling you that right now it is about the smash we are there because to fleur's point about the whole help me make it stop and the director's saying it's about obsession. I'm like, what is that? Is that, a, is that a straight man's opinion? Because the obsession is not just about being obsessive. It's not just about, oh, I can't stop thinking about you. It's also the sex. It's also the lust. It's also the queerness. And so how the fuck is Villanelle supposed to help you make it stop without at the very least smash it? Because that's how people can get things out of their system. I'm obsessing over you. I can't stop thinking about you. So maybe if I have complete access to you and exposure to what you're doing, that's the one way to get you out of my system. And so Villanelle should have been like, let's head to the boudoir. If you really want to know how to stop this, let's <laughs> let's make it real but um i'm with you there and 
you know, they have said that there's queer people in the writing room. I cannot, I have to go and look to confirm what queer persons were potentially in this writing room for series three. But I contend that a queer woman did not have, like, that's not, like, you cannot be involved in that aspect of the writing if that's what you say. How do you make it stop? Because even if we contrast that with Gentleman Jack and what's so great about that show is that so many queer women work on that show within various capacities that the concept of desire between two women, it's not lost on you. We see the concept of desire between all types of bitches and that whether or not you a jaunty bitch like Ann Lister or a bitch with the vapors like Ann Walker, the desire, it is palpable, it is there, it is expressed. Mm -hmm. And so again, I hesitate to fully go in on Killing Eve because I have not seen all the things, but I'm just letting y'all know where my vibe is where this is concerned. This is absent from whatever story development happens with the 12, whatever they do with Carolyn and Constantine. And this is specifically about Villanelle and Eve, them being two queer characters who have sexually desired each other from the minute they laid eyes. Wear it down. And so I just, look, they, stop playing in my face, BBC, no, is what true. I'm saying. Stop playing in my face and Lauda, we trust until we don't. But <laughs> now let me keep it positive. And Lauda, and Lauda, we trust. And next from June of last year, we hear from Rita. Hello, Candace and Terrence. Hope you guys are doing well. Happy Pride Month. It's Rita from Minnesota. Wondering if you guys got my address to mail me my Black Property of Villanelle t-shirt I won. Oh during my one gosh. of your most recent Spin we the totally Wheels. We totally packed that up. And no, we didn't have your address, Rita. But we see it here. <laughs> yes, we have. We, but we do have it. Oh so my God. So this is wonderful. Apologies if we have already sent it. We didn't. Apologies <laughs> to you. Apologies to you, Rita. Oh, she said, but I keep looking for my magic happy mail oh! every day. Yeah, uh we fucked up. We're going to put something extra in that <laughs> in that box, Rita, now that we actually have your address. Okay. And then we have our size. And then, you know, we, we will work that out for you. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for bringing us so many laughs and keeping us company with your podcasts and Instagram lives. Sure miss that Sunday excitement. Oh. The lives were a time. It was a moment in history, indeed. Uh, yes. Um, too bad that um, Periscope thing uh, is is no longer with us. It, it's 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 gone the way of the. I don't. I was about to say the tech bro, but it's it's gone the way of the pasture. Periscope here here it lies. Let's see. Thanks again. Can't wait to be surprised and to hear from you. Best wishes to you and your families and lots of love. Long live Villeneuve. I believe. Thank you. And yes. thank you so much for writing in. Hashtag believe in Villeneuve. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for writing. And we're sorry. We're sorry, Rita, about how no packages have been sent out. But that is something that you can look for in the mail very fucking soon. Okay, so this next message is from Lila. And Lila writes, hey, Candace and Terrence, greetings from Texas. I want to start off by saying how much I love this podcast and Gentleman Jack Crack. Oh, yeah. When I listen to you two, I feel like I'm applying clown makeup <laughs> with my BFFs, and that's kind of the best feeling in the world. Oh, wonderful. I just finished up a complete rewatch of season three and wanted to share some of my takeaways. Apologies in advance for the many essays, but I've got to work some of my feels out. And this is why the inbox and the DM stay open. Right. First, she writes, I think Candace nailed it when she said starting off the season with a dash of flashback was a 
choice. And after far too many hours spent musing and obsessing over the show, it feels like Suzanne showed us her hand at the jump. Upon rewatch, I really noticed how much character motivations and storylines were curated to fit the major themes they were trying to explore this season instead of the other way around. Things just felt forced at times, mm -hmm. like our priorities had suddenly shifted. Timelines felt choppy and disorienting. We had to do some major projecting onto Eve during her limited screen time to try and discern much of what she was thinking. And during the episodes five, six, and most of seven, I seriously wondered if Eve was even on Villanelle's mind. <sighs> Sad face. Yeah. Thematic broad strokes are always fascinating in their own right, but I can't help but feel a little bit gypped after watching Phoebe nail the balance between theme, plot, and character motivation in season one. People can say what they want about Emerald, but she used the V and Eve relationship as a central anchor throughout season two. She sure as hell she did. Sure she did. sure as hell did. And now she's got an Oscar. And it paid off with some pretty electric moments between the two. I mean, try the bread. <laughs> try the bread led to an O. But anyway, let me not get distracted. <laughs> It appears Suzanne and her team wanted to focus on developing Villanelle and Eve individually this season. And after heated exchanges that ended with a knife wound and a gunshot, maybe that needed to happen so they could come back together on their own terms. But it's a massive bummer to walk away from season three with 10 to 15 minutes of screen time between Villeneuve and I think I'm being generous there. I think I think uh -huh. you're being generous too. Yeah, which is sad. While the hard pivot to emphasizing themes on a broader level just felt a little heavy handed at times, but I'm very optimistic about Laura Neal's vision for season four. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on the way themes like family, nature versus nurture, and motherhood sat in the driver's seat this season, while character motivation was quietly strangled in the back seat. And then she finishes with, one more muse for you two. In episode one, Constantine receives a mysterious takeout order at his doorstep with menu instructions that read, quote, time to go fishing. After watching the final moments of the finale, are we supposed to imply that the 12 really did order him to go after slash take out Kenny? Does go fishing mean recruit or execute Kenny? Curious to hear what you two think now that the dust has settled. Thanks again for all that you do. Peace, love, and Miss Sandry. Yes, Aww. Lila. Thank you so much for your message. So what I'll say in regards to the time to go fishing, I think that was just the 12 putting Constantine on notice that, well, you should already know. We do know where you are. And yeah, that was cute. That little thing that you did where you ran off with an asset after we lost Raymond. And uh, of course, doesn't incorporate it or the 12. Yeah, we, we are taking versions of L's at the moment. But don't think that you have gotten over on us. Don't think that you are going to be able to walk away from any of this unscathed. You still have work to do, which has been, you know, sad times for him. And we've seen him in the backs of vehicles, stuck, reluctantly talking to people he does not want to speak to, him sneaking and fleeing out of London as often as he can to try to do his private things, like escape, how he tried to plot for Cuba. Like, most of Constantine's time on screen has been him trying to get out of some sort of responsibility or obligation and him failing to, let's go for a drive like like there's no there's no do you feel like going for a drive like no we're, you're getting in a car and this is what we're doing he's had his blood pressure issues all, all series we've gotten so much actually the refocusing like you're saying family and nature and nurture it's like we went from you know will you give me everything i want to what's buzz and cousin between constantine and and geraldine like, we, we got so much Carolyn development and constant development. It was to the point where we lost sight of who was running the show, which theme, which couple, which pairing. It was it was Constantine and Carolyn 
more so than mm-hmm. even Villanelle. Oh, absolutely. There was more drama and tension in terms of what was developed between Constantine and Carolyn than even Villanelle, which is, it's a choice. I don't think it's a good choice. And I think that the critical response, the you know industry response in terms of like peers acknowledging stuff, I think that all reflects just like the, I want to say, not necessarily less appealing, less, less engaging series three, because just all in all people across the spectrum, whether they're queer or not, seem to be like, oh, I guess, <laughs> you know, about how season three ended. Like, yeah, there were some good moments there. There was some highs, but also there was a lot of plateaus. So not even a low, you're just kind of like, I'm here and I'm experiencing it. And I guess, but it's not to some extreme nature of quality that I feel blessed to have seen this scene. And so I, I would have to agree here. Like I've already said that I do not believe the Dasha flashback was the way to go. I want to be careful about whatever accusations I make about the Killing Eve staff, because I'm going to wait till they're, till they're done. But, you know, Maria, the Spanish wife, like you out here using queer stuff for jokes because I'm just saying she married a whole bitch. And so what is this bitch going to reappear? Were they legally married in any kind of way? Was Villanelle running around with a fake name, one of her fake IDs? Because the stuff in which Suzanne decided to concentrate on, to me, is like, okay, you were tapped out of at least what half the fandom actually cared about in relation to Villanelle and Eve. Because we got none of it. Yes, we were curious about her mama, but we didn't need all that sibling shit. And like, yeah, it was, okay, it was, um, you know, welcome to Pinner. We at Pinner. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't remember the name of the episode. Pinner is here. Thank you. Are you from Pinner? I'm just sort of like, none of that shit matters. Like, none of those scenes with her brothers fucking matter. And at the end of the day, when the show's done, it's not. It's not going to fucking matter. At best, what are we keeping? All of the scenes were her mama. I see darkness in you. But if we take everything out that doesn't involve her fucking mama and maybe one of the siblings, that's half the episode still available to use development. And so I, I still maintain that decisions were made and they were not all good. And one of those was like the focus on Dasha in the beginning, just to not give a fuck about Dasha at the end, because we're not even sure about her fate. The focus on Maria, the Spanish wife, just for her to not even exist. And we don't even get a one-off joke for the gays by Villanelle about her having a wife. None of that. And, you know, I was pulling, I was pulling for some gay drama. And when it comes to Constantine and that weird... That weird debacle with him and Geraldine. The fact that there was more development for their sexual tension than there was for Villeneuve is a choice. Again, I, did they did they think the heads felt left out? Because Emerald gave us Doros and fucking try the bread. Like, I just... Gay cannibalism? I just... Eve taking off the armor at the crib. And we thought, ooh, is it about to go down? And then the women came out the bathroom. We're like, it's not about to go down. I just, like, it's... In retrospect, it's a lot is what I'm going to say. I don't expect for every expectation to be met, you know, for every new season of a show, but God damn it. I was like, could y'all hit 10%? 10% of my expectations. And that lone 10% was the fact that their two lips touched each other. That was it. Uh, the rest of my predictions, what are we doing? Candace has taken L's. Candace has taken a host of L's. The crown makeup contour has been applied and detailed for like the literal past year and a half. I don't know what to tell y'all. Seriously, it was a ride. Um, I may have mentioned... Several times that it felt like I was not watching my favorite series. It was like I was watching a mini series, a docu series, a spinoff series that was a close tangent to the series that I loved. That just had my favorite characters in it. Um, some parts of me still wants me to just say the whole thing was a fever dream, but you know it did happen. It is canon, and we must move beyond from here. And that time skip in the beginning of the series after the flashback it was I, a bad I, idea. I, I, 
it was a bad idea. But you inherited the series after hearing about how series two picked up literal moments, like two seconds, if that. No, theoretically, she inherited the series before any feedback about series two was happening because they always set that in motion. Just like they set Lauda in motion before series three was done. And so, no, I, you know, whatever the reasons were to bring in Suzanne, the AMC connection, that probably has something to do with it. I just think, you know, like you, it's like anything else. You, you gamble. You're like, okay, thanks for bringing me onto the show. Let me, let me try to work on this part. And to what Lila was saying in her message about it appearing like Suzanne and her team wanted to focus on developing Villanelle and Eve individually. It's like that, it could appear to be that, but did they? Right? Because the only character we saw developed individually to a great extent is Villanelle. We're like, shit, we got all your information. We know where the fuck you grew up. You know what the house looked like. We know what your mama looked like. We know all this fucking shit all of a sudden. We know nothing about Eve except to say that she basically is an alcoholic. But again, she was teetering that way from series two easily. And we know nothing else. Nothing about her parents. Nothing about her life. Nothing about was anyone concerned outside of Nico potentially who was in a mental health facility when the shit opened up? Who was there for Eve? And if nobody was there for Eve in the time that she was suffering or almost died, what did that do to her psyche? Like was mentioned, does she still think about Raymond? Oh, it's pretty dark if she doesn't think about Raymond. I'm saying she has to think about Raymond because even if she thinks about it to be like, ooh, that was fun. That's a way to think about it, right? But we have no idea. We watched what happened in series two. We watched that murder baptism and we were sure that, okay, series three is going to come. We're going to get some insight into how Eve feels about this. Either she is feeling guilty or she's feeling guilty that she's not feeling guilty. But we literally got nothing. They said no confirmation, no statements, no nothing, y'all will be said or intonated about how Eve feels about these killings, even though we're going to show you Eve stepping on Dasha's chest. But we're still not going to give her the screen time necessary for you, the audience, to have insight. And that is confirmed because every single fucking critic was like, I don't know what's up with Eve. To the point where assholes are like, should this just be the Villanelle show? Because they have dropped Lord. the ball on Eve so intensely. So yes, perhaps the idea was to develop Eve and Villanelle, but I really feel like Suzanne had specific ideas for Villanelle. None for Eve and it shows. And it shows. And so they put all the pressure on Lauda to play catch up and do some with Eve. But it's the final season. So I don't even know. And so it really stresses me out when I really sit and think about it because I do not want this show to go out on some nonsense. No, but of yeah. course, that's always a possibility. So Lauda, Lauda, this could be the thing that writes your fucking ticket in Hollywood, right? Like you could jump to another show and maybe like, look at how this bitch ended killing Eve. Or you could end it like those writers did after Alan Ball and True Blood. And then you're like, are we getting a job? Are we getting picked up? You know what I mean? Like, because I just, either you flame out like Game of Thrones or you go out like Xena. You flame out like Game of Thrones or you go out like Six Feet Under. There's shows. You flame out like what's that show you watch? How I Met Your Mother? Oh my God. Right. Or oh you my go God. Out, or you go out like, I don't know, Star Trek Discovery. It's not done, Actually, but it's yeah. going out well. Yes, and so if it were to end after this season, it'd be fine. If it were to end after the last season, they would still be fine. And so that's what I'm just like, yo, fuck, I just, don't let this be me. I've already suffered this loss too many times to love a show, to love an IP, and then have it break your heart at the end. I really don't want that for Killing Eve. But as I've been saying, I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all from beginning to end. And so whatever it is I feel authentically, y'all are going to know. Y'all are going to know. And to cover the last bit that you'd mentioned, Lila, about nature versus nurture and motherhood, you know, in the driver's seat. I mean, I'm not sure how poignant I can say that it's been because I didn't have anything to juxtapose it against. Had they bothered to show me Eve's mom or someone who was a mother figure and there was some juxtaposition created between that dichotomy of of her and her mom and the dichotomy of Villanelle and her mom and how yet both women have come to be two opposite sides of the same coin in terms of violence, attraction, whatever, blah, 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 sharing the same brain cell, then maybe. 
maybe I would have something poignant to say. But they didn't do anything poignant here. They just decided to explain Villanelle. And I said prior to us getting this explanation that it's dangerous as fuck to explain a character. That sometimes mystery is better for the character. And when you just give the exact answer for why a person is this way or a more specific answer, it can take away some of the magic and mystery that people have. And I think that's what they did with Villanelle. Because we've seen all kinds of responses to people who enjoyed Villanelle in the previous two series. Some people who think she's never going to kill again. Some people who are upset that she may never kill again. They don't like where she's going. And other people who are like, oh, she's getting emotional and she's doing these other things. But it's like, but it's not the Villanelle of season one. And not that it had to be the Villanelle of season one, but what is this new Villanelle and what is her purpose? We still don't know what the fuck that is. And if that's going to work for Carolyn, make it make sense. You know what I mean? Like just working for the government. Like I don't, like that doesn't make sense to me unless she wants to be around Eve. Because why the fuck does Villanelle want to work for the fucking government? So again, in Lauda, um, we trust, whatever. Let's move on to the next note before I have a conniption in the studio. Oof, all right. Sarah writes in of June of last year. Hello. I really like your podcast. It is funny, interesting, and very detail-oriented. I totally agree that if they do a quote-unquote morning-after type of scene or time jump to begin Series 4, that is some bullshit. Some bullshit. Some bullshit. It would be a betrayal <laughs> of the fans and the characters. Betrayal. You don't show the journey of two high-strong, passionate, passionate people who have come to an acceptance of themselves in comparative to each other, then Love skip the their true reaction to those feelings. It's too gay to deny. That's true. <laughs> no, you're right. While I enjoy the bus scene, it was a little lackluster. We needed more. Well, no, yes, we needed more. We, we, we definitely did. needed more. I don't know that our live video indicates that we thought it was lackluster because we fell on the floor, we crawled on the floor, we screamed for like 10 minutes, but I definitely agree that we needed more. In episode eight of series three, the dance scene was better than the bridge scene. Well, Welcome aboard. Welcome, Welcome aboard. aboard team ballroom. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Uh, this was the first scene where they both did not put on a facade. Indeed. A villain that was not trying to control and manipulate. For once. She always planned things to control the narrative and avoid a certain amount of rejection. Mm. Like in series two ending, if I let Eve save me like she wants, then she'll be mine. Ooh, she just needed to just throw the gun away. That's all she needed to do. Just throw it away. No, she just had to. Right, she just had to <laughs> throw that little bitty gun sooner. <sighs> Eve was not pretending that things were happening to her or it was about her work. She had an acceptance of the relationship. Not like in series two with a the therapist. I will revisit that. Not like in series two with a the therapist. While she had always stated how she felt, she denied their personal relationship. Now, I personally wouldn't go so far as to say that she denied the relationship when she was speaking with Martin when he asked her. If they had one, if she asked him to define it, she just was literally working out for the sake of his inquiry what he wanted to know, which is why she was quick to be able to say no. Are you talking about Martin? Yes. I don't know that I follow what you're saying oh, here. Oh, sorry. So I personally, in that moment, didn't feel that she was denying their relationship in that wide awake unveiling i don't think that's what she was doing i think that she was just oh she wasn't she, she I, wasn't isn't I, she asked directly <laughs> are you in a relationship and, and she, she replies define. define relationship <laughs> and he says are you fucking basically right. she says she, no, no. <laughs> so she denied the relationship because she was like well i haven't got the o so well by oh i mean 
hands-on analog O with Villanelle, <laughs> not just the other O's that I've gotten through the vapors. Right. And so Especially I would disagree. I would say that Eve was in a certain kind of denial at that time because Martin was really like, listen, how I am concerned. You're in the danger zone. And I've tried to talk to Carolyn about you being in this danger zone and she don't give a fuck because she's on some other shit. So let me try to talk to you, Eve, and tell you this shit. She was like, let me tell you something, Martin. I don't give a fuck. So thank you for this. I just came to see if you have some pointers for dealing with people that's a little edgy and you're trying to tell me about myself and what I shouldn't do. So let me go. So I just, that's me disagreeing with like Eve being settled into the relationship because I think she was still in fucking denial at that point until try the bread <laughs> <laughs> and the bug sex. Well, yes. I was about to say that. I'm from just then, saying. From then, I'm it just was, saying. Right. No, I feel yeah. like Martin was pushing her over the edge. Like, he didn't mean to, but he did because he was like, I'm going to help you think about these things directly because relationship had been swirling in Eve's head. Relationship, oh. relationship. What does it all mean? What are Villanelle and I doing? And Martin grounded it. He was like, y'all fuck, y'all having sex. Oh, well, no, 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 no not yet. Not, no, 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 no. Well, see, I've been thinking about it, Martin, but it hasn't actually happened because it's been, things have been really busy. We got the whole peel situation going on and so I just she was in denial about everything but her loins well right because I was about to say she was because it was on her mind right define relationship sex oh I, well no I want to thank you for the oh the sex oh you're you're welcome is anyone else here well she was salty <laughs> and I would be salty too she we discussed that scene at length and her taking off her emotional armor which is her goddamn parka and she did and she was feeling away she was like you know what you know who I'm sick of Nico and let me go see <laughs> Villanelle's face because I like to look at that face and who knows what will happen in the boudoir and she was ready and Villanelle knew because she was like uh everything iry now she didn't say that she did not say it with the Caribbean twist but she basically was like you I and Eve was like nah I don't think so she was like oh shit um let me get real close hey so and so she would have gone somewhere she would have gone somewhere with that had thing one and thing two like come out the bathroom and fucked her game up and she was like god damn it if I wasn't such a sapphic motherfucker this would have never happened to me but I had to express myself I had to let out the tension no, that's from Peel's bullshit mm -hmm. and so I did that with two ladies because I needed to. But Eve is not getting this about me and so she's leaving. She's mad. And there's a follow-up after. Oh, since I don't have Twitter, this is me adding you. And she says Villanelle's the top. Oh! So we're back to this debate about <laughs> Villanelle being the top. Is that right? And these are... Is that right? And these are the points. Absent of series one, I need you host to tell me where the fuck has Villanelle exuded top energy with Eve that was convincing because look what happened. She literally got on top of that bitch on the bus. Eve touched her lips and she was, I mean, yes, there was a headbutt Short that followed. Circuit. But if you look at the way Jody played it, she sort circuited she right then. Sure she was like, uh, 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 like the cartoon. Um, what's the little pig? That's all, nope, folks. Yep, yep. That was Villanelle. She said, um, I don't know how to think. I don't know how to process. Eve hit her with the headbutt. She was like, shit, let me get the fuck out of here because clearly I am compromised. And then what happened? She was looking through the window like, deep sigh. So that was me interrupting to say Villanelle is not to the top. <laughs> not with Eve. She's the top with every other bitch. But Eve and possibly the lady in red. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it, y'all. Well, these are these were the counterpoints. The bus scene was number one. She dragged and mounted Eve. This is what was said. I mean, and that was she did do that. And number two, it says in series two, episode five, the way she turned Eve around. I by mean, the that's, been, thing. that's been was pretty fly. I'm not going to lie. It was, but it was. you'd have to it ignore. Was fly Let's get through the top uh, three. Uh, 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 okay. And then three of the dance scene. After they have a bumping start, mm -hmm. Villanelle looks at the other couples. She starts moving side to side, copying the couples. Eve then follows. 
Eve may have asked her to dance, but Villanelle aligned them. So to address your first point, the bus scene, she dragged and mounted Eve. Well, I mean, Eve can't fight. And if y'all saw me talking on the live, you heard me say then, damn, Eve has no <laughs> skills. And she's not taken a single class since she's been unemployed from MI5. That's unfortunate. And Villanelle was laughing at her while Eve was trying to do her thing. And Villanelle was like, girl, please. And then Eve caught her one time in the nose. She was like, well, damn. And then Villanelle was like, all right, let me use my superior strength to just back you the fuck up because I'm just trying to talk to you for a second. And indeed, she did mount Eve. But like I said, it takes a certain type of top energy to rule like a top from the bottom. That's all I'm going to say. And that's what the fuck <laughs> Eve did. Eve was on the bottom, but did she not have all the top energy and send the bitch off the bus? That's exactly what the fuck she did. As to your second point, season two, episode five. <laughs> Well, I mean, that that episode was, I feel like I need to do my X-Files music, Forest of Dean. The truth is out there. The truth, the is, truth out is out there. there. What happened in the Forest of Dean? So, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, all right. Yes, the way she spun Eve, those are facts. That was a lot of type energy that she did that with. That was accurate. But can we erase and deny what Eve was doing to Villanelle? How she had her fucked up in the kitchen? Are you going to apologize? No, are you? No, well, okay, then fine. Like, <laughs> Are we going to talk about the fact that Villanelle was like, listen, bitch, I came to kill you. She's like, yeah, but you didn't. Yeah, but actually I called you over here. Yeah, but actually I knew actually that you would um, <laughs> that you wouldn't just kill me because she's like, well, Eve, I could have shot you. I could have done this other stuff. And she's like, yeah, but you wouldn't have. Oh, Eve, how do you know I would not have? Well, because it's me also. And you like to have your deaths up close and have it be intimate and shit. And so the way she was reading Villanelle yes. to filth minute after minute after minute, all Villanelle had was a spin or her little special knife that she picked up the day earlier. Just that day. Was it that day or the day before? She went to the little boutique knife shop. And she was like, give me this pretty thing so I could threaten Eve. Like that was the only way for her to regain control because because she had lost all control. She had a little pills. She was like, take the pills. And Eve was like, okay, I'm going to see you this and I'm going to level up one more time because I'm going to take these damn pills. And Phil and I was like, God damn it. Look at this bitch. So she trusts me and shit. Now I got to play a game. Now I got to play a joke. <laughs> Eve, I'm just kidding. But here's this knife in your abdomen. And so I just feel like that was Villanelle trying to take control in the way that she can in the situation to use her intimidation and the fact that she is physically more imposing and she is more skilled than Eve when Eve had her fucked up mentally. And her loins under ruse, if you so please. So I just, I don't understand how Villanelle edges out on top. Although I will say something happened at the sink because Eve left her door open. We discussed this. She looked dazed and confused. And I said, where did that knee go from Villanelle? What happened at the sink? Let alone Forrest Dean. We'll never know. That drive was more than an hour. And we just don't know what they did in that car. But I maintain Beyonce's version. Drive a roll of the partition, please. <laughs> I need Ooh. to stop. I need to stop. And three, the dance scene. I don't know. I got to give it to Eve because Eve is the one that's more together. She comes in, Villanelle's a hot mess. And I still say that Villanelle was roasted by the dance instructor because she tried to do a little something. He was like, girl, off the floor if you don't have a partner. And so she was like, <laughs> man. And here Eve comes in and from Jump Street, she's like, ooh, everything's not okay. Let's try to have a little banter. Okay, you're still, this is something's going on. Let's dance. Like, let's dance. Like, that is top energy to ask a bitch to dance and not just be a wallflower. Villain, that was the wallflower. Looking real meek. Like, I just wish a pretty lady would ask me to dance. And here goes Eve Palastri asking her to dance. And I do see what you're saying about Villanelle aligning them, but she's the bigger person. That's what you're supposed to do is ideally lead. Although Villanelle was like, I don't, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And I tried earlier and the guy told me to stop. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's how I feel. I feel like Villanelle is definitely the top between her and Rayanne because I don't think Rayanne's ever been the top, especially not with the lady in red. But uh, guys, this is my propaganda. This is what I'm sticking to, that Eve is the top. And until we see a sex scene where Eve is not on the top, and even then, even if she is on the bottom, watch me argue for top Eve. I will find a way. There will be a way because it will be facts. But thank you, Sarah. Yes, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> for your message. Hashtag cheek cup. Because that was a thing that happened. And we didn't even need to mention cheek cup, it. Cheek cup, but cheek cup. it also short-circuited Villanelle, which is, I mean... No, it's short-circuited <laughs> the bitch. Every time Eve touches her, it's done. It's a wrap. So top energy up until. All right. So this next note is from Mel and Sue. And they write, Hello, Candace and Terrence. Thank you so much for the great podcast you have made over Series 3. They have been brilliantly entertaining. I wanted to say I fully concur with you, Candace, on what you want from Series 4. That's right. And how we should not simply be satisfied with some naff morning after scene. Your angsty rant was spot on. <laughs> Thank you. I wondered what your and Taryn's favorite lines were from the whole series for the four main characters. Mine were Eve. Quote, when I try and think of my future, I just see your face over and over again. Oh, that's, a, that's a good one. Villanelle. Quote, you really like that baby, huh? It's not even yours. <laughs> Very Villanelle. From Carolyn, it's, quote, Dear Geraldine, I think it's time you left. <laughs> <laughs> Sentiments so I think I, I think I might have to uh, agree with that Carolyn one. From Constantine, it's, quote, No, I'm not. I've seen a photo of you and you had a strange head. Bulbous. Unnatural. <laughs> yes. And they conclude with, Thank you both for making these scary COVID times a bit more bearable with all your hilarity. Stay safe. Kind regards. Melanie. Wow. If I had to think of lines for everyone for the whole series, for Constantine, it would probably be something he said to Carolyn while he was in the car with her. That you don't have to do this. I already know that you are scary. That is reverence. That is that is just bowing is down and line. understanding that Carolyn is who she is. So I appreciated him for that. For Carolyn, although I do love that she uh, read her daughter like this with the I think it's time you left. I think my line from her is um, um, I'm having a bit of an aura <laughs> where she was uh, hung over after oh, uh, right, giving right, some right. information. Misandry style. She yes. played that, dude. Oh, she sure did. For Villanelle, I like this line. I don't know if I'd say this is my favorite line. I think that my line Villanelle is going to be the message that was left in the recording for the teddy bear. Uh, not the one that we got to hear, but the last one that we saw her record in the booth, which was, I can't stop thinking about you, which was so adorable. Oh, that was a good one. And for Eve Palastri herself, you picked a really good line. I don't, I mean, I, the only other line that I can think of that is somewhere near this ballpark, but not even really, is when she was holding the teddy bear in Jamie's apartment up over her head and she was like, what do you want from me? And she's just saying it like she knows the answer, but, mm -hmm. she's, but she's just like, I don't know. She's killing herself softly is what she's doing. But I was like, this is just... It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's Eve. It's Eve. It's what she does. Those would be my lines. That is very Eve. All right. Those are cool lines. Let me see what lines would I choose. All right. I've marinated and I think I figured out my lines for this series. Of course, they're subject to change depending on whatever the fuck my mood is of the day. But I guess I'll start with Constantin. And I don't know. It was hard to narrow it down. But I think I kind of like, I mean, Constant was pissed off 
a lot. In series three, usually at one of our sapphic murder hosts, and that was fantastic. And so I'm like, which moment? Do I want him being pissed off at Eve, doing her dark Eve, John, or pissed off at Villanelle on her queer love? Just like, I'm so happy. And so I think I'm going to choose that when they were in that airlift, whatever the fuck, where Villanelle is just being ridiculous. And Constantine's like, Villanelle, why the fuck are you so happy? Like, why are you in such a good mood today? And she's like, it's his birthday. And he's like, but you shot her and you ruined her marriage. So like, um. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, and it's brought us closer together. Constantine, you don't know how the gay shit works. Sorry to tell you. <laughs> and that's just one of my favorite lines of Constantine. Probably that in the beginning where he's like, by the way, Eve's alive. And Villanelle does that equilibrium like, oh, What? <laughs> He's like, you don't shoot people so good when you're upset. But yeah, those are my favorite Constantine sentiments that are coming to me right now for series three. For Carolyn, you know what? I'm going to go with her being a fucking pusher. And that's a pusher of the gay vapors on to Eve in that, was it first episode? Where she like slides the manila envelope over. She's like... <laughs> I have something that I think might interest you. And it's just Villanelle yes. shit. And it's like, literally, she's like, take this heroin addict. I have it here. It's fresh. It's pure. It's the cleanest shit you've ever seen. Do you want to take a quick look? And Eve is like, I don't care about anything you have in that envelope. Okay, I know it's about Villanelle. But I love that because Carolyn's been on some shit. She knows it. She has the postcards. She heard the bud sex. She has the tapes. I'm so convinced. She's listened to it with Julia Gulia until someone tells me I'm wrong. And so Carolyn knows what's up. And I'm still convinced Carolyn is too a part of the sapphic jaunt with her hotation that she has going in. And for Villanelle, this was a hard one. But today I'm going to go with smell me eve smell Ooh. me because Ooh. i screamed at that point and Ooh. i probably will always scream and i said girl that's a loaded um that is a loaded request it is loaded so smell me eve what, what do i smell like what do i smell of to you i that that was a time it was a moment it's a place in queer history i think we're gonna reference it 10 years from now i'll be like remember that day where were you on the day when villanelle was like smell me eve i'll be like well i was on the floor because i fell out of my chair <laughs> <laughs> and then cackle to the end of time all right and for eve i'm pretty sure i'm gonna go with this line there's a lot to choose from miss palastri has many a favorite lines but this one i'm gonna go with is We'd consume each other before we get old. Because, yeah, girl. And that's the way to sum up Phil and Eve and how I feel about them. They don't have to last forever. Just they have to burn bright. For the time in which they burn bright and have 5011 O's, you know? They could probably die from O's. Really. You know I don't what? know if it's happened, but they could be the first. They really could. But yeah, that's it for my, that's it for my quotes. Thank Excellent. you, Melanie, for your message. We have a message in from Belinda from July of last year. And it reads, love the podcast. Your insights are such a gift to the fandom. Can't wait for the series three episode eight snacks. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> you mentioned you wrote a spec script. Ah, uh, yes. Is it out on, <laughs> is it on the internet? internet? Nah, and nah, are you sharing it with folks? Because I could. I'd love to read it. Uh, either way, keep up the great work and I'll be tuning in for series four. Cool, cool. Mm. Yes, I did write that spec script because I needed to work out my feels and desires and wants and anxiety about Killing Eve series four. Is it on the internet? No. Am I sharing with the folks? Not really, but I could. I could, Belinda, because you've asked. So I will I'll figure out where the fuck I'm going to post it. Because I don't think I want to put it on like on the fan fiction sites, but I'll put it somewhere for y'all to access. All right. Moving on to the next note. We actually got a series of notes in July from people like Drusilla and Elise and Meg and 
characters that have to do with the drama, the fandom drama of information that was discovered about one of the thespians on the show <laughs> that set the fandom ablaze with conjecture and curiosities, wonderings, ponderings. Yes. Happenings. Feelings. Yes. Feelings. Lots of feelings. It has been a minute since we were at last embroiled in that. And we have since calmed down quite a bit. Hmm. I don't want to change the vibe of this podcast. So I will say that we hear, we understand, and we sympathize with everyone who has had hurt feels or been impacted emotionally by those developments in some way. Because this episode is already long as fuck with us talking about our things, we won't get into it too much. But we will totes address it. At another time if you guys really want us to and we also already kind of addressed it a little bit on the patreon if you guys want to check that out there that's also available for you to do but we hear y'all we see y'all we get it and we just hope that people are feeling better people are feeling more optimistic about the mm. future of killing eve and everyone attached to it and yeah sucks when bad vibes happen in the fandom right ashley did send a funny message in july remarking at how we were surmising carolyn talking to eve about <laughs> the ketty situation from series to the finale when Eve thought she had something going on. I'm going to tell Kenny on you. And she was like, girl, please. Kenny's in a car downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm on speakerphone right now. Um, Yeah. Glad you enjoyed that little interlude, Ashley. If we could keep making y'all laugh, that's, that's kind of why we're here. Up next, we have Camille, who also wrote in July of last year. She writes late to the party. Well, we're also late to, I'm, we're late to reading. So we're, we're late together, which means we're on time. We're in sync. Good morning, beautiful people. Mm -hmm. While I'm not late to the Killing E fandom, I am so sorry that I did not find this podcast sooner. Mm. You bitches keep me hooked like a gentleman jack crackhead on villain eve i'll take that <laughs> i'll take it as well i also love how the gentleman jack misandry ruined petticoats probably <laughs> 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 goodness bleeds over into this podcast we can't help it and i've never grubbling. laughed so hard it's a at this lot of grumbling it is there's a lot going on in gentleman jack and historically <laughs> and fictionally <laughs> continue and i've never laughed so hard at this kind of content in my life fantastic uh, thank you for your beautiful misandry during this trying and frustrating time in our lives you are keeping me sane and laughing until i cry you know we we actually yay that. we borrowed that from the romans when they, when their people were starving you know, they all met in <laughs> the Coliseum the and the saw Romans. the gladiators go to war and they put them in the cages of like lions Rebelling. and things. Good Lord. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry, that's, I, that, that I'm going to just call it that um, sapphic cackle, which is also laced with misandry when it gets that ridiculous. But I just be watching Gentleman Jack randomly all the time. And that's what I want for Killing Eve. Like, and I have a lot of friends that do that now too. Where they're like, oh, it's three. Let me just... I don't know what to put on. Like previously it would be SVU. Now it's like episode seven of Gentleman Jack, episode eight. I don't know. And so I, I get that shit. I get it. And now I feel like when I was a kid, I used to love the film Little Giants. Like just whatever. A girl playing football. I'm like, yeah, that's great. But then they had her put on a skirt. <sighs> in the last part of the movie and that really damaged like my misandry or the misandry I was getting from the film but anyway the point is I could say that movie line to line like I could just recite it kind of like my little sister with Lord of the Rings until the VHS was taken from me because they were like Candace is too much this is where I'm at with Gentleman Jack you know the hilltop scene and 
No. <laughs> Let me not go on that tangent and repeat how I know all the lines. But yes, so glad, Camille, that you have found us and that you're also into Gentleman Jack and Gentleman Jack Crack and having a great time. That's the kind of shit that keeps us going. So thank you for writing in, Camille. Thank you. XOXO to you too. And this next note comes in August from Samantha. And Samantha writes, my dear queers. Oh, I like I the like way she it. started that one. I do. I like it. Call me a convert to the Church of Misandry. Hey! Welcome aboard. I wish I had a bell to ring, but... <laughs> right. It's ringing. It's, it's ringing. ringing. There we go. Yes. Call me a convert to the Church of Misandry. Huge fan of both crack and well, well. Also, a queer lady academic... Wait, what kind of British came out? Anyway, okay. Also, a queer lady academic by day, but I truly live for y'all breaking down my two favorite shows. Pretty sure I've listened to every episode y'all made thus far. Anyway, I'm in NYC and would love to host y'all for some delicious dinner, gin sips, and porch hangs. Also want to discuss collectively writing a queer Thelma and Louise show or film for our times. Well, Sam! Here's what I will say, Sam. It's been a minute since you wrote this. It's true. But also, could we have jaunted and gallivanted like we liked last year? I tell you not, especially not mid-breakdown. And so now that we are here in 2021 and Terrence and I are on more solid footing, we are both vaccinated. Terrence half. I am fully. Hell yeah, Sam. We would love to take you up on that. I love this of uh, writing a queer Thelma and Louise show or Bitch, film. I've been waiting. And so maybe we have to help manifest what we want to see in the world. A cautionary tale for men. Just, just picture it. <laughs> cautionary. And here's a note from Tiffany from August of last year. Just wanted to say you guys should watch the comedy spy thriller movie Red, Red. which starred Helen Helen Mirren. Mirren. OG Milf. And yes, and they said that her character is like a cross between Carolyn and Villanelle. Ow. Uh, also a big fan of the podcast and keep up the good work. All right, Tiffany. I don't think I've watched Red. Even though I generally try to check out everything Helen Mirren is in, I is that the the dude? Is that what the dude from a uh, yes Fox Marvel films yes. or whatever? Maybe I did try to watch that and fall asleep. I I can't be sure. <laughs> my time zones and my concept of time has just been completely skewed in the panini. So I don't even know what I'm saying. But thank you for the recommendation, Tiffany. Oh, and then we had a message from Jeff, and that was on our Patreon towards the end of August, and he was just trying to check in and was wondering about the delay in the last. <laughs> and if there's anything that he could do to help maybe we don't need any but thought he would ask hope all is well well you know all was not well jeff but thank you for checking in we appreciate to see how we were doing we honestly were just like it was just it's without being too candid it was just basically impossible to push out content at that time for practical studio reasons but also like emotional reasons and just like not having the the bandwidth for the type of marathon sessions we generally do when we are talking about killing eve or gentleman jack or whatever the fuck we're talking about but we really do appreciate everyone who sent messages in that time just to be like hey y'all good do y'all need something and had we seen it i don't know what we would have replied sent help sos right sos <laughs> right right send toilet paper no we had toilet paper but still we appreciate every single one of you guys that checked in throughout the months to make sure we were alive and still relatively sane 